There's arguably nothing in this world that we need more than social connection. And you could say that we need food and water, maybe shelter more. And that may be true in some biological ways, but there's also research now showing that we crave and are nourished by community and belonging, much in the same way that we need food and water. Like without it, we literally can wither and die. It's why our greatest punishment we have in our society is isolation. I have this friend, Sophie, that knows this drive for community and belonging really well. It's intimately woven in with her journey of faith in church and Christianity. Her story is about the need for social connection, the things that we'll do to belong, and how community can even become a coping mechanism. I just Sophie went to church with her family growing up, and like most young people who are in the church, some of her best memories with that community happened at summer camp. Um, some of my best memories are like summer camp. I remember loving that stuff because I had a lot of great times there. And so I think about that and a lot of people who didn't come from a Christian background or faith at all, like didn't get to have any of those experiences. Um, and I'm really grateful that I did. What and was your summer camps like? Because I, I remember like summer camps really stand out to me in my middle school, high school kind of experience. It was like the annual uh epitome of like this will be my like most spiritual experience this year and it usually was because like you know you cram all the kids around your age together and you've got like one of the best speakers from around here at night and um and a great band and all of that and it's like that's how the holy spirit moves <laughs> at least yeah. like that's how it felt for me um like they were i look back on them with like really good experiences um but what was your summer camp like my i mean they were designed to make you feel like that they were designed to make you like really feel god and like be in this most of the times it was like on the lake there were like obstacle courses there were like yes. all these activities yeah. and then there were workshops and like talks on different topics that you could choose to go to yeah. um definitely like worship and music and singing and dancing and all that was like a big part of it and like games. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Like, the, which I think it's funny that because ours also had the like uh, ropes course type yeah. thing to it. Totally. It's like, what does this have to? It's like, at the end of the day, we're just like building those good endorphins of like doing stuff with each other. Yeah, like archery and just you're just like doing all the fun things that I I did not get to do on a normal day to day basis. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but then we're like doing it. And it's like, and this is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Like, um, like in my mind, I was like attributing it all to like, this is because we love Jesus. It's like, no, it's because you just jumped from 15 feet high and your <laughs> friends caught you. Yeah. Uh, oh, gosh. I'm joking or at least halfway joking about kids being persuaded to summer camp salvations because of ropes, course, endorphins. <laughs> uh, but it is interesting to note how attractive environments can be used to smuggle in ideas or even be used to like manipulate decisions or behaviors sometimes. Yeah. So after enjoyable summer camps in middle school and in high school, Sophie goes off to college where she eventually gets really connected to a Christian community because of something that she experiences. And then in college, um, that was whenever I think around my sophomore summer year of sophomore year was like when I really like devoted myself to it and the thing that I've realized through counseling and 
the last several years was like the thing that actually drew me to that and forced me into it. I wouldn't say force, but drew me into Christianity. And that season was I'd experienced sexual trauma. Mm. And that was like the one place I felt safe and felt like I wouldn't have to worry about college boys like trying or college men trying to like sleep with me or assault me or I and that was like one space where I knew people's main intention wasn't to party I knew they generally had good values um so during that time I if I can like point to one thing that like drew me back into that I would say it was that experience and I think that's a part of why religion feels so complex to me now is because I went really heavy and deep into it um because it was like a place that I finally felt like I belonged and I felt like um, I was safe and my community in college, like the church I went to and stuff, it took me a while to feel like I belonged there, but I did make like incredible friends that I felt accepted in. And, and so even though I was at church and I felt safe, there was still a little layer of, but I don't actually fully belong here. I belong here more than I belong out there kind of thing Uh, so it was like on one hand it was this is a safe community that i can like throw myself into and not have to worry about um hopefully anybody like treating me poorly but at the same time it was also like but i'm not fully i can't fully be comfortable or safe or what word would you use there yeah like i basically it was like the sphere of if i I'm not Christian enough or screw up, mm. then I won't be accepted. Gotcha. Um, by other people or by God or, or both? Probably both. Yeah, yeah, probably both. I mean, I had had this concept of like, God will love me no matter what. So it was mostly about other people yeah. in the church. Um, I definitely had a major like fear of rejection in that regard. And what I loved about my experience with Christianity was a lot of like the community pieces her favorite experiences with Christianity uh, were the, was the community piece. Even though she felt like she may be rejected if she wasn't Christian enough, didn't do or believe or know the right things, it was still incredibly valuable for their deep relationships, the safe relationships. Yeah, we all want that in our lives, right? Like, I think we need, we need that to feel whole and safe. We need belonging. Yeah. So then Sophie tells me about a pivotal trip in her life, a trip in college to Greece with her Christian community called Crew, which is a parachurch organization you may have heard of. I think it used to be called uh, Campus Crusades for Christ, and uh, I'm glad they took the word crusade out of their title. Uh, So she tells me about this trip with Crew. That summer experience of six weeks abroad in Greece together, there was like a whole other level of like depth and community. I mean, these are like people that you're in it every day with and you're getting held accountable and like you're having these spiritual conversations and stuff. And so there was like, it was like summer camp, but on steroids and abroad. (laughs) Yeah. So what was your trip, your abroad experience? Where did you go and what's the, what's the reason y'all went? Yeah, I went to Athens, Greece. Our whole reason was to evangelize, like to practice evangelizing. Um, They like 
back then it was like described to me that like Greece was a very dark place spiritually because all they have is Greek Orthodox um, and they've like kind of turned away from the religion and they're very apathetic um, but a lot of people are spiritually interested. So and y'all are all from uh, all Texas or from all over the country? Yeah there was like us in Texas there was an A&M group so there's two groups from Texas and then like one from like the Midwest or something I don't remember. And you're all like landing in Athens Greece. Yeah. Like, we have things you guys need to know. Yes, exactly. And how long are you there, and what is what do you do while you're there? <laughs> we were there for six weeks, and, I mean, we just, like, went on campus and met people, invited them into conversations with us. How does that go, though? Like, so I've never been a part of one of those trips. Um, most of my evangelical uh, initiatives were, like, here in the city. It was, like we want to reach our city for Jesus. So I can't even imagine that feels like it's turned up to, yeah. you know, turned up to 11 to go to a different city. Yeah. Um, do they all speak English? How many people speak English? For the most part, I mean, they definitely speak Greek also, but most Greeks are very fluent in English. So there was less of a language barrier. Apart, like looking back on it, I have like very complicated feelings towards it because it was such a growing and good experience for me at the time but at the same time i'm like i have a real issue with the savior white savior complex concept and i that's exactly what it was um and so it was a very eye-opening experience though i have issues with it <laughs> like i definitely feel like potentially we got more out of it than the people and not that that's even wrong like sometimes i do think it's good to travel for yourself and to have these expanding experiences yeah. but to layer it with i'm saving them um i just kind of have issues with that yeah um what were some of the like the good parts about it though like what do you cherish about that trip we met a lot of really incredible people um, and there were also just so many hilarious and great memories with these people. Um, uh, I mean, you're in Greece and you're getting to like explore all these things. It's a different culture. There was definitely a lot of like, in some ways, like suffering because, um, it's completely outside of the norm and there were, I don't know, like transportation. I remember being terrible and me getting car sick so many mm. times. Yeah, that'll like bond you with other people really quickly. <laughs> yeah. So I like have to go through all that together. Exactly. Yeah. So, so like the best, the parts that you like cherish now. Okay, it's about not the that. traumatic parts. The best parts I cherish now would be, yeah, just like the seeing new places. Um, that was like when the Bible felt more real because there were always like monuments. I was like, Paul preached mm -hmm. here and um, moments in the Bible like happened in Greek or in Greece, um, which was crazy to think about. Yeah. Gotcha. So yeah, so you got like good fond memories of like that, which how can you not? Like you're going somewhere with like friends you love and... Um, the actual purpose of like going there to share the gospel, evangelize, like I noticed you didn't list those under like the good memories that you like cherish from that. Those are more of the like that. How do I feel about that? Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's not like we met them and we would immediately dive into those types of conversations. It would be mm -hmm. like we'd be hanging out with them for a couple times a week 
for a few weeks and then maybe we'll have mm-hmm. those conversations. Like the whole goal would be to like get them to go to this place called the Stecky and um, to have them come hang out with us and like meet other people um, and just like create a co- – to have them experience the community. Um, the whole goal would be to have them experience the community. Mm. Because that's that's what we're actually interested in, right? <laughs> like if I'm interested in, you know, joining your group, then then I'll see what I need to do or be to fully belong. Uh, I'll consider that. But uh, yeah, I find that so interesting. The tactic was to have them experience the community first. Just like Sophie, who devoted herself to the church and Christianity when she needed a safe community even though she felt a little bit uneasy about some of the beliefs or practices, the draw was the community. And then that was the same tactic on the other side of the world. Yeah, maybe you'll believe in Jesus if we first show you how great our friend group is. (laughs) Uh, And I don't even think that this is bad, or, or at least not all bad. Like, I think a community's safety and vibrancy and love is a great way to measure how healthy a community is, you know? But I think what we build our communities around is what can often lead them to be healthy or unhealthy. Because all community is built around something, like maybe shared interests or shared uh, past experiences, uh, or maybe a common mission or goal. Like it's always built around something. And church community is often built around shared beliefs. That's often like the core of what the community comes around. Maybe shared beliefs about God or the Bible or Jesus or, uh, or what our purpose here is. Maybe shared beliefs about an afterlife in some cases. And building a community around shared beliefs, it concerns me a bit because it almost always seems to become exclusive. And not only to others, those people that don't share our beliefs, but even to the parts of ourselves that don't fully fit into this belief mold. So then we end up cutting off others that believe different things. And we cut off parts of ourselves that don't fully believe it all either. I'm not convinced it's unhealthy to enjoy relationships with other people who have similar beliefs. I like hanging out with my friends who who think and believe things in similar ways that I do. But to build our whole communities Uh, to build churches and traditions around shared beliefs seems problematic. Like church is just doomed to always be exclusive and othering to other people, but also to ourselves. So what did you make of this trip? You said like that was kind of a memorable time and moment for you was this this trip. Um, What did you make of it back then? Yeah. And how do you still kind of hold it now? Back then, I was extreme. I mean, I think I still feel this way. I'm extremely grateful for those experiences, and I wouldn't. I mean, maybe I would trade it for a different type of trip, but I'm grateful that I experienced that. Um, but looking back now, I would do so many things differently, and I probably would take that money and go on my own trip to Europe and not go on a mission trip. But at the, <laughs> at the same time, I am grateful for the friends I made. I am grateful for the memories. I am grateful for a lot of that. Um, but I just don't agree with 
that concept anymore of like you have the answers i am the savior i am it's kind of like the issues with colonialism and all the harm that that's brought i think there's so much beauty in different cultures and religions and to be respected and to like come in and say like i have the right answer and if you don't believe this you're going to hell is it's just like not an ideology that i agree with anymore um i find that is often true of like there's so much of that mixed in with each other of uh of like some of my best memories and closest friends and relationships and pivotal moments in my life are all wrapped up in this thing called church and this tight-knit community that's kind of comes together to share the deep things of life and so there's like this intense bond and growth that happens in that Mm -hmm. context but then now looking back it's like there's so much about also what it was built on that i'm just Mm -hmm. like i can't do that anymore Mm -hmm. and so there's all these weird feelings about like i wouldn't trade that for the world and i can't do that anymore Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah it feels very murky yeah. For sure. And it's crazy because if Sophie, 18 year old Sophie, or however old I was when I went on that trip, looked at me now, I think there'd be a level of like fear and disappointment because this is, I think, like something that I, I like feared straying away and what that would bring and what that would do. But also, like, I just. I think through honestly a lot of the conversations we initially had and there were a lot in a lot of ways there were questions I had already been asking for a long time um but there were just so many things in the ways that the American white church handles certain topics that I could not ignore anymore and this idea of unconditional love was preached but not what I saw Mm. and in like in a lot of ways I feel like Christianity is very conditional um it is literally you believe in this or you go to hell um and that is like what it's a big condition (laughs) yeah it's a pretty big condition it's like you follow these rules or you go to hell but I'll still love you (laughs) like I don't know that just feels pretty conditional to me yeah I relate to Sophie's mixed feelings. Grateful for so much of her past, the community, the trip to Greece, but also lots of things that she doesn't agree with. Yeah, I feel that. I feel like my black and white dualistic mind wants to name parts of my past as good or bad. And yet most of it isn't like that. It was, it was all of it. It was all of it mixed together. It was things that I needed, things that helped me grow and and things that I didn't agree with back then or don't agree with now. Yeah, it was all of it. I find Sophie's words helpful. I'm grateful for so much of it, and I don't agree with so much of it. But as you can probably guess, Sophie eventually steps out of church, the community that she went to to find safety and belonging. And as you can also guess, that wasn't the easiest thing to do. Tell me about when it kind of started to change for you was it a sudden thing of like i'm stepping out of church um what was that like in that season mine was such a slow unraveling um i think for me it was like 
until I could confront my own trauma, there was no way I was going to be able to unravel and disconnect from the church. And it was like the healthier I got, um, the more I realized, like the healthier I got, the less I needed the church. And then the more I was able to zoom out and really look at the full picture and ask those questions and sit with the discomfort. Because for me, at least, deconstructing was extremely terrifying and painful. Um, and in order to do that unpack, in order to even like unpack that, I had to unpack my trauma first. And so my counselor was the one that connected those dots. And she asked me more about my faith and she was able to like say like, oh, okay, so that was your number one coping mechanism back then. That was like your way of finding safety for yourself. That makes a lot of sense. What was your coping mechanism? Church, like going and seeking that. Um, That's so interesting to connect that. Like this is because you said the healthier I got, the less I needed church mm -hmm. because that was your coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's that's so interesting how those things were tied together. Yeah, for sure. And so the deconstruction was definitely like a series that happened over a number of years. Um, But it started with unpacking my trauma and being able to take a step back and like really look at the full picture and have perspective because I no longer needed the church. I was able to more objectively ask these questions about things that I cared about and had been ignoring for a long time. But when I took, when I was healthy enough to take steps back and like release in a way, like release this concept and was able to like love myself and not direly need this acceptance of this group of people um, and ask myself like, what do I actually believe and what do I stand by? Those things like didn't align anymore. Coping with church. I find that interesting because coping is about a dependency, a codependent relationship. I need this thing, you know, whether it's a drug or food or another person or church, I need this thing to help me manage life or stress or emotions or trauma. Yeah, coping isn't a healthy relationship with something because it's not entered into with full freedom and autonomy, but out of necessity that creates a dependency. Yeah, like I can't manage life without this thing right now. This makes me think about the difference between coping and salvation. The word salvation uh, comes from the words for health and wholeness. Salvation should be about becoming whole, becoming fully ourselves. And yet it often is talked about or used in the opposite way, about needing someone else, about being dependent on a savior or a community uh, or a set of beliefs. Yeah. I wonder how many people have this kind of relationship with church a coping or dependent relationship. Sophie mentioned that she feels like she knows a lot of people who do. I've had these conversations with a lot of my Christian friends who are mostly white and a lot of them, like they have a very hard time asking these questions because of what it would mean to sacrifice if they did start questioning things. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I understand that. It's yeah. like there's a, been a lot of gain for white people to be Christian. There's like a crazy, insane network that you get access to and you get favor in those networks because you believe the same things. And that literally translates to wealth. It literally translates to job opportunities. It literally translates to resources. And so I get it. Like, I really understand why it's so terrifying and hard to ask those questions. Um, And a lot of people have benefited from people not asking questions because then they're able to keep all of those things that I just mentioned. Mm. Um, And so in a way... I also received a lot of that by being in those communities. Like I got a lot of incredible connections and like maybe not quite job opportunities, but I had some really incredible connections because of that, just because I associated with being Christian and because I was in tech. Um, And I am grateful for those things. And I like deeply understand why people want to hold on to that for dear life yeah it's that's one of the biggest tensions for me is like we have to choose between incredible community like you're describing um and maybe being truthful and honest about what we believe and it feels to me like is there not somewhere where we can have community where we can have unity with each other and have diversity of what we think and believe. Like, are those mutually exclusive? Mm-hmm. That like diversity in all different ways, including what we believe, that these these communities are like built around, we all have to be homogenous, at least in what we think about the biggest questions mm-hmm. about like what is God and, and in this case, Jesus for Christianity and all that. Um, for you, is there, you're not going to a church right now, right? No. Um, how do you feel about that? I feel good until I talk to a Christian. <laughs> until you talk, <laughs> then you feel like their, their guilt. Or... Yeah, so much so. Um, <laughs> so you feel good unless you're talking to a Christian. Uh, is there, is there any part of you that's like, that wants or misses or longs for or, or thinks maybe someday? Um, and if so, like what? Is there some sort of Christ, like a, some sort of church that you'd be like, well, if it had this, this, and this, or if it didn't do that, that, and that, then I would be like excited about that kind of church and community. Yeah. So a big, I feel like a big part of like the tension for me now is like my partner, my boyfriend, um, grew up in a Muslim faith, and he's not practicing at all and hasn't for basically his whole life but his family is um or few people in his family is and I think about that and his experiences with Christians and like would I want to be a part of something like that like that again I think so but it would have to look entirely different and Mm -hmm. I think that's the thing is like I think it'd be something I would want to experience with him And so as far as like church goes, it's like, yes, I would want to be able to be in a group of people that generally wants to do good in the world. And we have these like shared 
values um, of just like wanting to see the world become a better, more loving place and really practice unconditional love in that way. Um, But at the same time, in my brain, I'm like, I don't even know what that iteration would look like, but I hope there's an iteration of something Mm. um, where people of all backgrounds can like really come and discuss things and like be in communion and community with people um, and not have to have the exact same beliefs and thoughts to like belong. That was my good friend, Sophie, who I've loved getting to watch on her journey of no longer coping with church, watching her move towards what I would call salvation and a wholeness that you can feel when you're with her. It's beautiful. Thank you for listening, and I hope that you feel the freedom and have the support to move towards salvation, to move towards your own wholeness and healing.